Now? Uh, hear me? Okay. Good morning, saints. Uh, my message today is short, really short by my standards. Uh, this is attested to by the fact that there are no sermon notes this morning. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take too long. I was uh, excited to hear what Connie had to say, and I wanted to give her plenty of time to, to share what God did in and through her while she was in Nigeria. Nigeria. Um, the, the, my, my meditation this morning I call Behold He Comes. And uh, we'll open with reading Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. I'll be reading in the New King James Version. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, and a a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the coat, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Let's pray. Father, this morning, in the few minutes we are going to take, we seek your face. We ask for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to understand. Transform us to be more like Jesus. And may only your words proceed forth from my mouth this day. In Jesus' name, we give you honor and praise. Amen. Palm Sunday commemorates Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem as the King of Israel. As he rode in the city on a donkey, his followers spread palm branches at his feet and called him Hosanna or save now. This is the beginning of the final act of life of the life of Christ on earth. He was entering into Jerusalem to officially officially present himself as the king, as their king. It is important to note that some something about the culture It was customary that a king would enter into the city on a white horse when he was returning victoriously from battle. But in times of peace, the king would enter into a city riding on a donkey. We find an example of this in 1 Kings chapter 32, 1 Kings 32 through 34. And David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the product, and Benaiah the son of Jehodiah. So they came before the king. The king also said to them, 
take your servant, take with you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule, and take him down to Gahan. There let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel, and blow the horn and say, Long live King Solomon. So not only was it customary that a king would enter a city riding on a donkey, it was also customary that palms were signs of victory. If you think of any picture you've seen of Caesar, any of the Caesars, what do they wear for a crown? Palms. And that was customary of the time. And even if you were to look at the early Greek Olympics, what was the crown? Palms. Palm branches were considered symbols of victory and triumph at the time. Now, if we were to read all four Gospels, we would gain a more compl- uh, account of, Palm, of the Palm Sunday on entrance. We would gain a more complete understanding, obviously, of the events that occurred. And you can find the same account in all of the Gospels, Mark 1, 11 through 1, Luke 19, 28 through 40, and John 12, verses 12 through 19, in addition to what we read, Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. However, to uh, save time, I've gone ahead and done that for us. Um, And so, in John's account, John adds a few things. He says, the next, verse 12 of chapter 12, uh, chapter 12, the next day a great multitude had come to the feast. So they are all coming into Jerusalem for the feast. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people that were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him uh, For they had heard he had done this sign, speaking of Lazarus' resurrection. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look what the the world has gone after him. This was the final and the official presentation of Jesus to Israel as their Messiah. And this is recognized by the many people that shouted Hosanna. And by coming on a donkey, Jesus presented himself as a king. The presentation of Jesus was, ex- was the exact fulfillment of prophecy. Prophecy that the Israelites were well acquainted with. And this should have confirmed to them without any doubt that Jesus is the Messiah. But most of the Israelite people did not understand the kind of king that Jesus was. They expected their Messiah to be a great political and military leader. They expected the Messiah to free them from the tyranny of the Roman Empire. 
But the kingdom of God is not of this world. The kingdom of God is in the hearts of people who trust in God through Jesus Christ. The kingdom that Christ reigns over is not the kingdom that we expect. At least the world expects. It's a spiritual kingdom. Now someday, the spiritual kingdom will come to earth, the new heaven, and the the new Jerusalem, and there will be one. But at this time, it's a spiritual kingdom. So we see Jesus rides in the eastern gate of Jerusalem. He rides up to the temple area, and he does nothing. If we read in Mark chapter 11, verse 11, it says, And he entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. And when he looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Jesus never spent the night in Jerusalem. He most frequently spent it the first part in the Mount of Olives and then the second part in Bethany. And that was what he did this night. And as the hour was late when he finished his processional into the temple area, he simply went in, looked around, and left. Now, if you were expecting a king who was going to come and and free you of the Roman Empire, you wouldn't expect him to come in with all his glory and then just walk back out. I imagine the people were very disappointed, those who had hailed his entry. And in fact, by Friday, enough of the multitude was so disenchanted with Jesus that instead of crying, Hosanna, they cried, crucify him. Crucify him. You see, Jesus did not meet their expectations. At least not in the timing they expected him to do so. And so for the next 2,000 years, Israel has missed their Messiah. Simply because he didn't fulfill their expectations the way they thought he should. Have you ever asked God the Father for something in the name of Jesus Christ and it didn't happen the way you thought it should? Or maybe it didn't happen at all, or maybe it went a different way than you wanted it to? Have you ever been disappointed in the way God seems to have answered some of your prayers? Honestly, I know there have been times I have. But I have to say, the last act, the last page has not been read yet. God has a plan for your welfare. And we think we know what's best, but we only see through a glass dimly. And not only do we see through a glass dimly, we have myopia. We're nearsighted, short-sighted. And not only do we have myopia, short-sightedness or nearsightedness, we have tunnel vision. And we think we know best. And when God, who does know best, doesn't answer our prayers the way we think he should, sometimes people take offense. Sometimes they become disappointed. Sometimes, instead of shouting Hosanna, 
In their soul they shout, crucify him. Make him of no effect. You see, Jesus' first coming was as the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, riding on a donkey. But he's coming back, folks. And he's coming as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's bringing armies of angels with him. He's coming back as the Messiah the second time that Israel expected and missed the first time. They missed him even though he fulfilled all of the Old Testament that predicted what he would do and and what he would be. And so what are we missing when Jesus doesn't answer our prayers the way we expect? And more importantly, what do we receive when we believe what the Word says despite the fact that Jesus doesn't meet our expectations the way we think he should. In John twenty twenty nine, Jesus says, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. Blessed. The Greek word is makarios, and literally it means happy, spiritually secure, and favored by God. When you believe despite the disappointments you find in our Christian walk, when you continue to trust in God through Jesus Christ, when you continue to believe what the Word says, you will be happy. You will be spiritually secure. And you will have favor with God. There are two things, two lessons we can take from this. The first one being, we don't see the whole picture like God does, and our expectations are often invalid expectations, just like Israel's were. The second thing we can take from this is that because God didn't answer our prayer the way we thought or hoped he would, The first time, in my timing, doesn't mean he won't in his timing. And perhaps the third lesson is, we always know that God knows best. Father knows best. Just as on the first Palm Sunday, behold, Jesus comes to you. We say, come Lord Jesus, Hosanna in the highest. May the Holy Spirit encourage your hearts this morning. You know, Good Friday is just ahead. But Sunday's coming. Amen.